Good morning, church. So good to uh, gather together in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Caden, for leading us into worship, for preparing our hearts. And thank you, Mark, for preparing us, reminding us why we're here this morning. So if you don't know me, my name is Don Sison, and I'm the multicultural pastor here. I'll say, Ni hao, konnichiwa, annyeonghaseyo, buenos dias, magandang umaga po sa inyong lahat. And so church, this morning, we are now in the second transformation track, practice called prayer. How many of us here says, I love this topic about prayer? Raise your hands. Oh, thank you. Not many. So, church, one of the most powerful assets and practical gifts that the Lord has given us as his children, his followers, his disciples, is the privilege of prayer. But it is often neglected because we are so uncertain whether God is really going to listen, hear, and answer our prayers. And sometimes prayer is often ignored because we don't really believe that prayer is power. Instead of approaching the Lord with confidence that He will hear and answer, we have this, what kind of I hope so, kind of prayer life. I hope that God will really listen and answer my prayers. I hope. Church, in the New Testament, Jesus taught his disciples the significance of prayer. Jesus says in Matthew 7, it says, ask, that's the first thing, it will be given to you, seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or what person is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf of bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he not give him a snake? Will he? And then he says, if you, despite of being evil, know how good to give good gifts to your children, here it is. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Amen? Here in this passage, we can see God's heart and his goodness for his people. And then he assures us, that he, will, that he loved us so much and he cared for us so much as Mark just reminded us in the communion. We were perishing and yet he's given us his own son to, give us, to forgive us and give us eternal life. That is the demonstration of his goodness. Why don't we just pray first before we continue? Let us just bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, We just want to say thank you for you being here this morning. Lord, we come before you today with an open heart and an open mind so that you can fill our hearts and our minds with your word to transform and renew us. 
we want to honor you first with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Challenge us and convict us, Holy Spirit, that we may surrender our brokenness to you. We may repent from our sins. We want to be transformed in the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, church, here's a question for you. Uh, what, why does God beat us to pray? Have you asked that question? If God knows our needs, we sung that song, right? Why does he beat us to pray to talk to him when he already knows our needs before we even open our mouth to pray? And just talking to God or praying to God is a, it's a practice that, while it's simple, can sometimes feel hard and complicated to do. How many of us say, I can relate to that? Thank you so much. And some of us know that prayer is power, but because we're too busy, we are neither forget it or neglect it and make excuses for not having enough time. And many people in a wider community, church, uh, they see this prayer as a break in case of emergency box. People only pray when they are in trouble. It will be in those moments when nothing else can satisfy or give an answer that they reach out to God. Others might see is as their shopping list for life. You know, they're talking to God when they need something to fix, delivered or healed. For others, it will be a more therapeutic habit, confessing, repenting, processing their life with the external presence of the Almighty God. So these are, these are just some of the few many people see prayer although they are not the whole picture. Here's another question for you. What does prayer do to you? What does prayer do to me? You know, in, in Luke chapter 11, we read and see Jesus' disciples asking Jesus, teaching them how to pray. They're asking the Lord, their master, their teacher, not the kind of prayer they already know, for they are a Jewish man who knows how to pray and what to pray. But they are asking the Lord Jesus is to pray like he does. To pray like he does. A prayer that connects them to our Heavenly Father, a prayer that is based on the relationship that Jesus seems to have. A powerful prayer connected and intimate. A prayer that is transformative. It changes you. A prayer that when a, every time you talk to God, it changes you. And that is what we're going to unpack this morning. The significance of prayer. And here we can see some of the key verses here, folks. But I want to read uh, Matthew 6. If you want to read it with me. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Church, a while ago, I asked you the question, why does God beat us to pray? Today, I want to share with you some of the reasons why we should pray as part of our daily activities and our daily habit. Number one is prayer is the first instrument for spiritual growth. And as we read this book, pray and respond and obey what he says, he will enlighten our understanding so that we can grow in knowledge of him and intimacy with him. But lack of prayer, listen to me, church, lack of prayer or no prayer is a road to spiritual defeat because we are lack of power in our Christian walk. And remember, we have an enemy called Satan. Every day we war against him. Every day we have to make a choice. Yes, I get it. I know that some of you, it's not, prayer is not a big priority. Maybe because you've been praying for someone to get healed and still nothing is happening. And maybe some of you have been praying for breakthrough, restoration about your family situation and still not happening. Or maybe you've been praying for the direction about your job, your career, your business, and still I say, God is not listening to your prayers. That's why you stop praying. Just one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus has given his disciple a mortal prayer so that they get closer to God. And their prayers will develop this intimacy with God and become familiar in obeying God's command in their lives. Same with us. All right. Church, one of the best ways I've found many years in my Christian walk, in my spiritual growth, in my relations with God is thanksgiving and gratitude. God is delighted when His children start that day thanking God for who He is and what has been given to them and what is ahead for the day with gratitude they're looking forward. So in our transformation track, that transformative prayer, you see this in your bulletin, and there's a thing here that says this one. There's all the practices there, and then there's a gratitude-focused prayer, and you can, uh, during the week, during the month, you can just read those and put them into practice. They're really, really powerful. Like I said before, it start its morning with a prayer of gratitude. Being grateful and thankful for what the Lord has given you already. And continue to be grateful for the day. Don't ask anything in your prayer. Just thank God that He's given you a new, brand new day for the day. 
In 1 Thessalonians says this, in the New English translation, always rejoice. Wow. Constantly pray. In every give, everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then in the New American Standard Bible, it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Wow. Church, you and I want to grow deeper in our relationship with God if prayer is not your priority. Just look at Jesus. God in the flesh. And yet he spent time every single day with his father. Especially early in the morning. So that he will continue to do his father's will. Not his will. So that he can, so that the joy of his father remain in him every single day. And church, our prayers, our joys, and thanksgiving should not change nor fluctuate whatever situation you're in. That's why it's important to always have a, a gratitude, thanks, thankfulness in your heart the minute you open your eyes early in the morning. And in here, these three commands in 1 Thessalonians 5, to be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, and often these things are go against a natural desire and inclination because the world wants us to focus on what the world desires. But when we make a conscious decision to do what God says, however, we will begin to see people and circumstance in a different and brand new perspective. When we do God's will, we will find it easier to be joyful, thankful. Amen? You see, the Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. He's not talking about you got to be on your knees all day long. He's not talking about that. He's talking about that it is possible to have a prayerful attitude at all times. This attitude is acknowledging our dependence on God 24-7, seven days a week. Realizing that His presence within us and determining to obey him fully. Then we will find it natural to pray frequent, continually, spontaneous, and short prayers. So I want you to remember this. Here it is. Prayer is power. How many people believe that? Good. It says every time I, I, I preach about it, prayer... I always put this, a prayerful person is a powerful person. And a person without prayer is a person without power. But a prayerful church is a powerful church. Amen? Amen. That's why we go to the second point. The second point is this, prayer that honors God. So what kind of prayer 
do you think God will be honored? And I believe this is one of the reasons why the disciple of Jesus asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, not, not teach us how to pray. And I love this passage. Psalm 139. And every night, every day before I go to bed, I pray this prayer. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Honesty is the best policy. Church, this is the kind of prayer that honors God. King David asked God to search for sin in his heart, in his life, and point it out. And even to the level of testing his thoughts. And so when the, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin, you and I must pay attention because God wants to cleanse you and purify you so that your prayers will not be hindered. When God convicts us, we can repent, turn around from that sin and you and I will be forgiven. And church, I want to encourage you to make this Psalm 139 your prayer. And if you ask the Lord Jesus to search your heart and thoughts, God will reveal your sin. Not only that, you will find rest for your weary souls. You will find joy and peace. And the Holy Spirit will lead you in the way everlasting. God loves a humble person. You know, the highest rank in heaven is humility. He loves a person with humble and contrite heart. He said in Psalm 51, David says, For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offering, my sacrifice, O God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. And here's a question for all of us. Are you sorry for your sin? Do you genuinely intend to stop the sin in your life? And God is pleased when we genuinely repent, surrender, and humble ourselves before Him. He loves that. You know, church, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing come out of my mind, my mind, and I train it every morning, is thanking God for a brand new day. And being grateful for giving me new strength to honor Him and bless His name. And this is my prayer with Pastor um, Bryce. And every morning I pray this prayer. In Psalm 1914, it says, May the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. It wasn't there. 
be placed in your eyes, my Lord and my Redeemer. That's my prayer every morning. I also say this, Lord, continue to renew my mind so that my focus is in you and not focusing on worldly desire. Lord Jesus, continue to transform my heart, my mind, so that I can love and serve the way you want me to do, to love and serve people. And after uh, my uh, daily preparation, after I finish my morning devotion, before I leave our house, this is my prayer, before I turn the engine of my car, Please, Lord, take me to church safe. And all the motorists, whether visiting a friend or in the hospital or going to a park or whatever they're doing, Lord, please take them to their destination safe. That there will be called no car um, accident or car breakdown. And I will say that before I leave from work, you know, before I leave uh, to go home, I pray that again. And you know, church, two weeks ago, I was driving home, and I almost forgot because I was trying to beat the traffic here uh, as I enter Olsen Avenue. And so I, I was entering, I, I was there in the, uh, at Olsen Avenue and turning left to Smith's Drive, and I was praying this prayer. I said, Lord, please, there will be no car accident because there's heavy traffic and car break down. The minute I decide prayer, my car stop. <laughs> and I go, Lord, what are you doing? And so, and, and I immediately, I put my hazard because I could see cars behind me. And as my car slowed down, I parked on the rear side of the road. And I heard this strong voice, and I believe the Holy Spirit, it says, turn your engine off now. And I did turn it off. And then it says, while I'm parking, turn it on. Because when my uh, car engine turned off, and my car is dead, all the uh, warning lights on my dashboard led up. You know? And then when I turned on, guess what happened? It works! <laughs> the car engine is going! And I said, thank you, Jesus. God is good. All the time. And I went home safe. How good is that? Now we're going to this third point. Not only prayer is a first spiritual growth. Prayer that honors God, but prayer is a pathway to participate in God's work. A prayer offered with a pure heart according to God's will is powerful. Like I said before, a prayerful person is a powerful person. A prayerful church is a powerful church. Even more powerful when we are offering a prayer with a pure heart according to God's perfect plan and will. Not me, me, me all the time. 
It's like a triangle, a petition and intercession go up to the Father in heaven who then responds by impacting the lives of the recipients to achieve his purposes. That person is blessed and God is glorified in the process. And some of you might ask the question, how can I participate in God's war? I feel that I'm not qualified to get involved or not equipped enough to serve God to participate in God's war. Church, can I just say this? You can serve God through prayer for the people every single day, whatever you are. You can start praying uh, for people, for the salvation of your family members who doesn't know Jesus. You can pray for apostles and staff here at SCC, our missionaries here and overseas missionaries. You can pray for our local, state, and federal government. You can pray for the homeless here at the Gold Coast, poor and disadvantaged people, etc. blah, blah, blah. You can. When the whole church pray together, there is so much power. Because we're relying on God. And so you can start doing those things. But also, every Wednesday morning here at SEC, we have the prayer warriors. They meet at Seminar 1, join those prayer groups. But also Sunday morning, 8.30, before the service starts, they also um, spend there praying for God to intervene in our midst. You can join a live group. You can join a Bible study group. They pray together, especially they pray for each other and the felt needs in the community, folks. There's power when people get together to just give, surrender everything to God. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians 3, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every Family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. What is the purpose? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high and deep is the love of Christ. Whoo! Wow. Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus to grow deeper in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And church, praying for people will deepen your love for God and your love for His people. The more, you pr- the more you spend time praying to God, the more you get to know His heart and get to know and discover His power through prayer. As church, we know that in church history, only revival only happened because God people got together seeking God, repenting from their sins, seeking to participate in God's work to bring revival in their community in their country through prayer. And this is what I love about Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says in 15, If my people, that's you and me, who are called by my name will humble themselves, that's the first requirement, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then he says, I will hear from heaven 
and will forgive their sin and heal their land. But in verse 15, it says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. Church, when we humble ourselves in prayer before the Almighty God and repent and turn away from sin, God is pleased. You and I know that God hates sin because He's holy. Pure and blameless. And sin is evil and full of darkness. And when we turn to God and seek His face, He promised to hear and heal us from the inside first. Here is a photo, folks, of what is happening. Revival is happening right now. What's happening in Asbury, uh, Kentucky. That's what's happening. There's 20 people, students, university students, start pray, having a prayer meeting, and they kept going and still going today. It's almost a month of prayer now, and it just spread all over the um, all university at, at Asbury and now is moving to all other states. And if you want to watch on YouTube, you can go. I was watching that. And one of the pastors, who is Australian, John Tyson, says this. He's a well-respected pastor here in Adelaide. In Adelaide, not here. These are exact words, he said. I, as I walked through the doors, it wasn't a Pentecostal glory fest. It was this Generation Z has been beat up, dissolution with their church, and God is breathing on them, reviving their soul and their hearts. The, the most pure I have ever witnessed. There is no hype, no hype. In fact, I would have prepared 20% more hype, he said. But, but led by a simple young people group, it was like a bad Baptist college church service. Some out of tune. <laughs> With a nuclear bomb attached to it. And everybody getting repentance. People going in there and repenting themselves before God. He said, it wasn't there. If God wasn't there, you wouldn't stay for long. He said, I was there and weeping and crying I thought it was only 30 minutes. I was there for six hours. I want to show uh, a short footage of what's happening so that you can see what's happening. Thank you. Kentucky, where on February 8, 2023, a routine worship chapel service never ended. Students continued to worship the Lord for two weeks straight, non-stop. People from all over the world and across the United States came to witness the outpouring of God and to see what He's doing in this place. I'd love for you to see a few testimonies that we recorded of people talking about their experiences at Asbury and what God was doing there. Hi, my name is Kyle and I'm here at the Asbury Revival and as you can see, 
It's not just in the auditorium. It's breaking out all over campus. The fire of God is moving. People are just singing, filled with joy. I got here last night, went to one of the overflow chapels, and at about 11 p.m., the Spirit of God showed up. People began to cry out in joy, began to weep in repentance. God is moving in this generation, raising up missionaries, sending them all over the world. I believe from this great revival that's breaking out at college campuses all over America, and God is just getting started. I see college campuses that are going to break out, not only in the U.S., but all over the world. Young people are going to meet Jesus by the millions in this generation. It's the third great awakening, and we are excited about the Holy Spirit right here at Asbury. God bless. When I watch those interviews, I just weep with tears of joy. Because, sorry, because God is there. And people are more hung, they have more hunger and thirst for more of God. And maybe some of you are in the middle of the crossroad, you don't know what to do or where to go, where to start. Maybe some of you are in the middle of a healing process because of your past life or past traumatic experience. And maybe some of you are waiting for, to see breakthrough, restoration, and reconciliation of some sort. Deep inside you, there is a desire to let go and move forward. But you are finding it hard to let go and let God be God. You can't allow it. Can I just say, God will still be God no matter what happens. God is still a God who is faithful and loving and full of grace and mercy. All you got to do is let go. Here's a question for you folks and for me. What does God want from me? He wants you to come down and kneel before God and, and repent from your pride, from your inner self-effort, and just come before God. And what I like about God's promises, and it's always on my board, is this. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make a path straight. And he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shine evil. Repent, he says. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Church, I'm not going to uh, read the other um, passages but here in the second one, can I just have John 15? He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be given done for you. Church, whatever happening in your life right now, God is listening. All he wants from you is a heart of surrender. For me, is a heart of surrender. I just wanted to, can you just put a Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you as well. Like I said in the beginning, when you start praising God, being grateful for who he is, that's the key, folks. To honor him first in everything that we do. And if you're struggling today, can I encourage you to come? If you, if you are a person who have a hunger and if you want a, a more thirst for God, I encourage you at the end of the service, kind of the front. And people will come to the front. They're not the weak people. They're the strong people. They just want more of God. And so that's the challenge for you as we close. I want you to have a look at this. What do you see? That's Daniel in the lion's den. When I come in my office, I look at that picture, and I turn my computer, and I would stare for at least a minute with that photos. And I ask myself, why am I here for? What is my focus? Who is my focus? What about you, church? Why are you here? And who is your focus? Because I can tell, guarantee you, when you focus on God, whatever in front of you, He will see you through. Like what happened to Daniel. And then as we close this passage in Psalm 40, this is what David says. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he reached out down to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction. That's one. Out of the mud, he set my feet on a rock and made my footstep firm. That's number two and number three. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust. Because David waited on the Lord. God blessed him with four benefits, blessings. You can see there. God doesn't always answer a prayer immediately, but he does. In his timing. And you know, you heard that sometimes God says, yes, I will immediately answer your prayer because it will bring glory to me and it will transform your life. And sometimes you say, wait, I'd rather build your character first than your comfort. God is more concerned building your character than your comfort. Especially if you want to bring new things in your life. And sometimes he says, no, that's not good for you. I have a better plan. And sometimes he says, no, no question asked. That's it. And so, church, what God is saying to you today? Is he tagging here and saying these words to you, as Paul says, Romans 12? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, 
in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he says, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm going to ask you this question again. What does God want from me? Let us pray. The Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for your kindness and your goodness. Lord, we are so grateful for reminding us that prayer is a privilege. And you have blessed us so that you, we can approach you boldly with confidence, Lord. Thank you for what you've done on the cross for us and cleanse us from all our sins. Lord God, we thank you for this time. Bless everyone. Meet there where they are at. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.